New Hope's Sermon of the Week. We pray that you're blessed as you listen to this week's message. Okay, I'm a teacher. Yeah, you are great. Well, I wasn't trying to like, you know, like... I am a teacher. I'm just a teacher, like, right from the get-go. It is what it is. Been a teacher for a long time. So, anyway, what I wanted to say, um, how many teachers do I have here? I have quite a few, right? If you're not a teacher, there's this thing called an objective when you're making a lesson plan. An objective means that's the goal. That's the goal of the response of the people, you know, that kind of thing. So I just thought I'd tell you my objective because you'll say, wow, God's interesting. Here's my objective for all of us. To recognize the Holy Spirit in us, through us, to cooperate with him while he is doing amazing things with us, and through us. We're dead. He lives. Okay, so since I'm a teacher, I teach little kids. I teach grown-ups how to teach little kids is what I do. Uh, How many know what George says? Anybody know Curious George? What does he say? He says nothing. No, he doesn't. Okay. However, we have, I'm going to like do the little thing that I do with, you know, I, this is a thing you do for kids when you're teaching them to sing. So it goes like this. Hello, everybody. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. Let's make music. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed, my friend. Hello, everybody. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. Let's make music. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed, my friend. Does George sing? Not really. If I lay him down like this, do something. Nada. Do something, sing something, George. Nothing. We wouldn't call him dead, but he's as good as dead. So we have a puppet that can't do diddly squat, except when I put my hand in him, and he gets good. He can wave, and he made you laugh. It was a little giggle, but he made you laugh. George is powerful. another one point pick pick up George nothing do something nothing it's dead it just lays there it's empty but once it starts to experience a hand in there You know this? What is this? Isn't this I love you? Yeah. Can do lots of things. Come here. It can do lots of stuff. Yeah. Can do lots of things. It can pat her on the head. Can hit her. No, we won't hit her. But you, thanks. 
but it can do lots of things that responds to things. It can also like get inside George and make George sing again and wave and nod. (laughs) Okay. We've died. And our life is hidden with Christ and God. You're dead. Now, when we, we talk about life in the spirit, and we do have life in the spirit, but that's because we know we're dead and that we can allow him to live through us at this point. It's powerful. It's wonderful. It's amazing. Sometimes we don't know how to recognize it. There's more. I don't care who you are. I mean, if Catherine Coleman's here, she's not, but I mean, she were around. I mean, isn't there always more? Or somebody that you think like moved powerfully in the spirit years ago or now or whatever. There's always more. There's always that thing when we walk in the spirit. Okay. When we walk in the spirit, we get this picture of him on, on us, you know, and that we're in him. But really when our walk in the spirit says, hmm, I can tell you're here. Holy Spirit, I thank you. Give me eyes to see through your eyes. What are you looking at right now? Who are you seeing? What do you want to say? What am I hearing? Who do you want me to touch? Holy Spirit, who do you want to see healed? What do you want to do, Holy Spirit? I'm dead. You're alive. What do you want to do? Now, today is not good enough for tomorrow. It's moment by moment. It's this thing like, okay, so I, uh, I work on sermons and different kinds of studies in a number. I work in coffee shops. I work in my house. I worked in the library this week. You know, it's pretty much wherever. And so I'm sitting in the library You sit back, you look out the window, and you go, what are you seeing, Lord? You know, and there's trees out there. It's, you know, not like, oh, I'm seeing, you know, I could see beyond the trees if he wanted to show me something like that. But it's, you know, it can be the enjoyment of nature. Let me just read you a little bit here. So he looks through our eyes, he smells through our noses, if you can be aware Hears through our ears, touches through our hands, tastes, whoa, can you hear me now? Tastes through our tongues, okay, earrings go well with sound things. Anyway, and then he does that through us, but we also see with his eyes. We get to smell with his nose. I mean, does the spirit have a nose? I think so. I don't. I can't prove it, though. Hear with his ears, touch with his touch, taste with his sense. We're in his image. And so we have that sense of him being in him. He's in us. We have this whole thing going on. And we, Jesus said, it's going to be great because I'm leaving. It's that great. The Holy Spirit is God with us to be experienced and known, fellowshipped with, loved, loved by. Right now, in this day and age, at this moment, on this Sunday, July, good, okay, the 13th. So he's with us. So anyway, this is Jesus' promise in John 14. I will ask the Father, he will give you another helper that he may be with you forever. 
That is the spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive because it doesn't see him or know him, but you know him because he abides with you and will be in you. That's the experience now. God in me. Do you know that God's in me? I'm not talking theologically. Are you knowing it right now that God's in me? That's what we have to do. That, isn't that fun? So you sit back and you go, whoa, God's in Dick O'Reilly. Whoa, who'd have thought? I'm just, just, <laughs> just kidding. But isn't that amazing? You step back and you say, God, let me see. Let me see God's in him, the hope of glory, not just in me, not just this fantasy world, this thing of God's really in there. How do I see? And I can see because I'm alive to him. Doesn't mean I see uh, infinitely, but I can see. I can ask and I can see. Uh, So also Jesus said in John 16, 7, uh, this is, yeah. However, I tell you, I'm going back and forth, by the way, between the New American Standard Bible and the Amplified. There might even be some NIV in there. Just call it random. It is what it is. Anyway, so uh, verse 7 of John 16. However, I'm telling you nothing but the truth. When I say it's profitable, good, expedient, advantageous for you that I go away, because if I do not go away, the comforter, Counselor, helper, advocate, intercessor, strengthener, standby. Guess which version? Anyway, will not come to you into close fellowship with you. But if I go away, I will send him to you to be in close fellowship with you. Okay, so this is what I was thinking on. What got me thinking was I read this daily light on the daily path thing one day, and it had this stuff about the Holy Spirit. I'm going, we still need more of this. We need to recognize what's the Holy Spirit doing in and through me right now, and what does he want to do, and how can I cooperate, and what's going on? So I started to do this study. This was actually before... I was asked to speak this Sunday, and isn't God good? He lined everything up. He gets the worship in there. Kathy's saying the right. It's so cool. But anyway, so I started to say, how are we going to recognize the Holy Spirit in a stronger fashion than we have? What, if, what are some things, and this is, by the way, not exhaustive. You cannot do the Holy Spirit subject in one Sunday morning. It just, like, isn't going to happen anytime soon. But anyway, in Genesis 1... Verse 1 and 2, I look for first mention, because, you know, you do the thing, you look up the Holy Spirit in a concordance or the blue letter Bible or something where you can find everything there is. And in it, it says, In the beginning, God prepared, form, fashioned, and created the heavens and the earth. The earth was without form and empty waste, and darkness was upon the face of the very great deep. The Spirit of God was moving hovering, brooding over the face of the waters. And God said, let there be light, and there was light. So then you go, what's that? You know, I actually had never thought of it. I'm very familiar with that verse. But I'm going, the Spirit of God, we think the Spirit coming in Acts chapter 2. He was around a long time before that. But in this second verse, you go, this must have been important. We don't see God the Father in one sense, although he's there, because the 
Trinity is not divided in any way. We don't see Jesus. But the Spirit of God was brooding over the face of the deep. It was dark. It was chaotic. There's a guy by the name of Haydn that lived many, many years ago that wrote a symphony. And the first thing for his time, that symphony he did at the beginning of this uh, oratorio is chaotic in those terms. He tried to show things were a mess. It was messy and dark. It wasn't good. This is the beginning. And there the Spirit of God is brooding over this darkness and this deep chaos. Now, here's the thing. I was taught that God is not a God of confusion. My mother quoted a lot. I don't know if I was always confusing her or what, but anyway, she used to quote it a lot. And the thing that I thought was so cool is that God is not thrown off by darkness or chaos. You get it? Right at the it doesn't mess with him. By that I'm not I'm not talking evil darkness. I'm talking what he was saying at the beginning and I go, "Hmm, that's really interesting because I never really uh got that before because I'm going, you know, everyone said the Holy Spirit's a gentleman, so I've left that one off the page years ago. But anyway, uh, it doesn't matter. He's not, it's not always all that nice. If you think like that, go ahead and keep liking it, but just wait. But anyway, so <clears throat> I'm not, I don't want to, I don't want to like talk about that right now, but the, he's not afraid of the chaos and the darkness. So then I go, hmm, let's see, where is there this other place where the Holy Spirit shows up? And I thought, of course, of Acts 2. Acts 2 looks like this. Here's the story. I'm not going to read it. The story is they're in the upper room. They're waiting on God. And so suddenly the Holy Spirit comes in. It's a lot of noise. There's wind. You get it? It was not calm. Not only that, but you had people speaking in language from every known language on earth right then, who, whatever was needed in that setting. Do you know what it's like if everybody's speaking in a different language in a particular spot? Is that order, smooth, clarity reigns? Mm-mm. You know the story, yes? So we have this happening, and we go, hmm, Holy Spirit didn't seem too worried about that one. Not a problem. Everybody's doing a different language. I'm going, that's interesting. He doesn't seem to be rocked by that sort of thing. So then I said, huh, that's interesting. So I'm going, hold on, what was going on there? Now, here's the thing is, it was a mess if you did this whole overview, but if you looked at the individual people, each one heard the story about the wonderful works of God. So individually, it was very ordered. I got this. I got the story. It's a wonderful story. They heard it. It was good. Messy on this overall, not messy on the individual basis. And they're going, wow, everybody hears in their own language. So then you go, why did God even do that? Now, we can think of lots of reasons, and I'm not going to change into a sermon on tongues, but I'm just saying one of the things I was talking to my sister, which was kind of fun about this, and she says, I think the reason God did every language at that particular time is because he wanted people to know that everyone was included, no matter your mother tongue. 
Isn't that cool? Because they were Jewish, okay? We're talking Jewish. We would say God only speaks Hebrew. I don't think so. What? Oh, <laughs> never mind. Okay, so <laughs> we won't go. <laughs> so God opened the door language-wise. If you've ever spoken to people or tried to talk to people from a different country, you know that it means more if you can speak the mother tongue. It's a heart language thing. Something happens. It's much better that way. And God managed to do that on a mass basis through the power of the Holy Spirit. That's nice of the Holy Spirit to do that, don't you think? Chaos to one way of thinking, not chaos to another. So I just, I just thought that was just the, the neatest thing. Also, I wanted to say, you know, when you go back to the Genesis setting, not only was God not troubled by the darkness or what seemed like chaos, but here's the kind of in, in the meaning, and I did this, I'm going to have to kind of jump around a little bit because I can't say all those Hebrew words and such. But it's the, the words are, are, the descriptors were things like to be soft, to be moved, affected, especially with a feeling of tender love, hence to cherish. This is the brooding part of the Holy Spirit. Isn't that cool? Like brooding over young ones, like to cherish them, like as eagles, or um, it's cherish, cherishing. Not only that, but I thought it was the coolest thing, because if you think of birds brooding over their nest, that's a, that's a great picture of him brooding over the earth and not being frightened of the mess, whatever. But here's the deal. What happened after these first couple of verses? Anybody know? Creation? Creation, that's right. So God sees the mess and he creates something amazing out of it and says, not a problem. So here's the deal with you. Have anybody ever been a mess here? We've all been a mess. Anybody experienced kind of dark, depressing, whatever kinds of things? Yep, we all have. We've all been in messes from time to time. The Holy Spirit comes, and is he thrown off by your mess? Absolutely not. He broods like a mother bird over her babies. He's there in order to do something creative and something wonderful. Where he can walk into your situation, I know I'm making it personal now, but where he can walk in and say, let there be. How cool is that? Dark doesn't throw him, chaos doesn't throw him. I think that's just the neatest thing. I said, wow, that's kind of fun. So anyway, I thought thought you might like to know that. Then we have, let's see, I'm not going to read all that. Mm Mm-hmm. Okay, so here's a number of other things. Because, you know, we think Holy Spirit, and you would expect me to probably talk about prophecy, and I'm not. So, but some other things that we find about the Holy Spirit throughout the Bible, and again, I'm not doing this exhaustively, but I thought it was really interesting in the light of who we are as a group of people. One of the things I loved is in Exodus um, 31, it says, And the Lord said to Moses, See, I've called by name uh, Be- Bezalel, I don't know how to say his name, son of Uri, son of Hur, of the tribe of Judah, and I've filled him with the Spirit of God in wisdom and ability, in understanding and intelligence and in knowledge and in all kinds of craftsmanship, to devise skillful works, to work in gold and in silver and in bronze, and in cutting of stones for setting and in carving of wood, to work in all kinds of craftsmanship, Gifts of the Spirit 
wisdom, ability, that, that's cool. Understanding intelligence, that's cool. But sometimes as churches, we've put down people that are very intelligent. We have. You know, they're just, it's all head. There's not, anyway, we won't go there. I, I haven't felt that here particularly, but just saying. Knowledge, all kinds of craftsmanship. Okay, so who did God gift at Cornhill Festival this week? Just saying. Do you know? Do you see? Do you look with Holy Spirit eyes? Devise skillful works to work in gold, jewelers, metal workers, amazing. Who do you see? Can you say to them, you know that thing you're doing? That's the thing God does and he gifts people. It's the spirit of God working in us of creativity. Hmm. Interesting. Silver and bronze, cutting of stones for setting. I love the jewelry that you see often at places like Corn Hill and that sort of thing because they're very creative, unique, unusual. Love to look at that kind of thing and buy it if I can afford it. Uh, it's expensive usually. Carving of wood, you see that kind of thing. Working in all kinds of craftsmanship. Now, some of you have gifts and talents that you yeah. think, well, you know, I just work at this or that or the other. You know what I mean? And you go, well, what's that got to do with God? Well, it might have a whole lot. <laughs> Isn't that fun? Anybody, you know, like a, uh, you know, you, you hire people, you have wisdom. I mean, it's just, it's just the neatest thing. And this is the Holy Spirit. I like that. Okay, and then in, we see in Nehemiah 9.20, uh, the Holy Spirit is a teacher. You gave your good spirit to instruct them. That's pretty cool. We know that. We think of it New Testament. But God's not just looking at the, uh, at the teaching of fivefold ministry. There's nothing wrong with that. We need it. God likes it. But he's also talking about teachers wherever. Yeah. Isn't that good? That we're talking back whenever. He instructed them. That's who he is. The Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit loves to teach. Doesn't mean everybody has to do exactly that because some were cutting precious stones. That's good. But others were teaching. Then uh, it says also, I'm, I took these from the Old Testament because I thought they were really interesting because some of them we think is only New Testament, but God had a plan and it's cool. Ezekiel eighteen twenty four through 27. For I will take you from among the nations, gather you out of all countries and bring you into your own land. Then I will sprinkle clean water on you and you shall be clean. I will cleanse you from all your filthiness and from your, all your idols. I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit within you. I will take out the heart of stone out of your flesh and give you a heart of flesh. I will put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my statutes. And you will keep my judgments and do them. Prophecy? Mm-hmm. But can, do, how, how many people have the Holy Spirit in them? It's, it's exciting, isn't it? So within us, we have the one who wants to act in righteousness. See, we can go, okay, I'm a terrible, miserable sinner. This kind of goes on John's thing. But I'm a terrible, miserable sinner, you know, and I, you know, I went to churches where, you know, every Sunday you did this thing of confession like, 
I am garbage. Yeah, anybody ever been to church with me? I'm garbage, okay. So uh, God doesn't see us that way, but you had that kind of confession, and then you went through the confession and the series of things, and hopefully you might come out better, and you said, thankfully, God, for thank you for forgiving my woefully rotten person that I am. They never said it like that. It was much more flowery. <clears throat> However, even Old Testament, this is God's plan. I put my spirit in you. My plan is to call you righteous. I'm going to put my heart in you. I'm going to change your thinking. I'm going to change your emotions so you desire me more. You know, and sometimes maybe we experience in a process, but he's there. And the thing is, is that's why we want to say, okay, so what are you thinking right now, God? I'm feeling like I'm a lousy person. Let me see if I can get a take on the Holy Spirit. So you, you ever done this? Yeah. You should. If you haven't, give it a try. But anyway, so you, you, you back up. I don't know how else to say this. You back up into your spirit and you go, God, what are you saying? I've done this. And you know what? He looks at you with a little twinkle in his eye. And he goes, that's my girl. I, you know, like, Lord, give me another thought. Happy to do that. I'm there. Isn't that amazing? That's who he is. That is the good news. That is part of heaven come to earth, by the way, because then we can hear straight and think straight. Um, all right. So, so those, are, those are the Old Testament. The thing is, is that's God's ultimate plan. I think that's exciting. But anyway, New Testament, we often think of the gifts of the Spirit. I'm not, like I said, I'm not talking about that today. Um, we already said that Jesus said it's to your advantage that I go away, and if I go away, I'll send the Holy Spirit, and uh, that's, that's great. Uh, John 14, I will ask the Father and give you another helper and he may, that he may be with you forever. That is the Spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive. That's good. We said that already. Okay, so they're in this together, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. They're in cahoots. Just saying. Okay. The thing that I found interesting was in John 14, and this seemingly took a little jaunt, a different direction, as we see this stuff about the Holy Spirit. But all of a sudden, in the middle, he says, I will not leave you as orphans. Hmm. Why do you shoot that right in the middle of things? You know, I won't leave you as orphans. After a little while, the world will no longer see me, but you will see me because I live, you will live also. In that day, you will know that I'm in my Father, and you in me, and I in you. He who has my commandments and keeps them is the one who loves me. He who loves me will be loved by my Father, and I will love him and will disclose myself to him. You know, I used to get really depressed over that scripture till I realized the Holy Spirit sent, and he's going to cause us to love him. I mean, this is a good this is good news. Jesus answered and said, if anyone loves me, he will keep my word. And we have all that sort of thing. And then he says, these things I've spoken to you while abiding with you, but the Holy, but the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all that I've said to you. There is no spiritual Alzheimer's. 
There isn't. I mean, I've worked with old people. I worked in a nursing home. A lot of them could remember scripture when they couldn't remember what they ate. But they could remember that sort of thing. Where they had put it, it still come to mind. Isn't that great? How, I mean, if you've done it, you've seen it. People that have known, it's so cool. All right. So then we have... I know, I'm, I'm kind of, I, I hope I'm not rambling a little bit, but it's like I'm doing a process in, with you that was my process this week. So when I, when I was in college, I can remember thinking, because I was taught, you must die to your sins. You must die. And so I don't know how to die. How am I, what am I going to do? Am I going to kill myself? Uh, how do you do that? I don't get it because I try to die and I still seem to be alive to garbage. How am I going to do that? And I can remember fretting and having a fit with one of the teachers. I don't know how to die. I mean, I would get on their case and start yelling about things. I don't know. And I complain and complain. This friend of mine now, she was a teacher at the time. She says, but people thought she wasn't that smart at theology, but she says to me, well, the Bible says you have died. First time I heard it. Really? You have died and your life is hidden with Christ. Oh, I've already died? See, the thing is, that, and sometimes we go, how does that all come together and that whole thing? And then we go, all right, and then here's another one we read funny. It is in Romans 8. Um, Therefore, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus, for the law of the Spirit and life of life in Christ Jesus has set you free from the law of sin and death. For what the law could not do, weak as it was to the flesh, God did, sending his own Son in the likeness of sinful flesh as an offering for sin. He condemns sin in the flesh, so that the requirement of the law might be fulfilled in us who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. I know. It boggles your brain. For those who are according to the flesh set their mind on the things of the flesh, but those who are according to the Spirit, the things of the Spirit, for the mind set on the flesh is death, but the mind set on the Spirit is life and peace. If the Spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Christ Jesus from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his Spirit who dwells in you. Suggest you read it on your own. Okay. The mindset on the flesh is death. Okay? It's deadly. Flesh. Somehow I've got to figure out how to do it myself. Go, George. I'm trying to make... Do something. This uh, puppet... I mean, anybody have faith to believe he'll move? Unlikely. Okay? So we go, it's got to happen. Be, my mind's set on the flesh because my flesh is about as good as that bunch of fluff that that puppet's made out of in terms of doing all the right stuff. Uh, you follow? However, the Spirit of God, the mind's set on the Spirit is life and peace. I know my hand's not good enough to show you the Holy Spirit. But it's life. He looks pretty happy. 
I just, I, cu I couldn't figure out what to do. I thought glove, and then I remembered I had a puppet that I used. Anyway, so, and we're not puppets. The thing is, is we're alive to him. This is not new news. But it is new news. The thing is, is, you know, so many times we stop and we say, Jesus, come. Holy Spirit, please come and do something. Well, where is he? Tell me, come on, talk to me. Where is he? Is he out here? Sure. But if you're a believer, the spirit is in you, you're in him. Maybe a better prayer for us sometimes would be, and I'm not trying to be rude here, but some, something better sometimes might be, Holy Spirit, help me to see what you're doing here. Help me to recognize how you're moving. And if it seems like chaos and a little dark, help me to see your brooding and your loving and your creativity over the face of the waters and what you want to do. Help me to see you. Help me to recognize your move in me that wants to do something because you want to bring some creativity and order and you want to do something the thing that's exciting is this is true for all of us isn't this exciting look at the people around and we're kind of a small crowd I mean we could have thousands but here we are but just think the Holy Spirit in each person here and what could be done isn't that amazing there is a whole lot that can happen in this crowd on any given time. That's why when two or three are gathered in my name, there am I in the midst of them. He's about to do something great, something powerful, but we must recognize it's been paid for, it's done, we're good, he's in us, it's all good. That's amazing. If we live by the Spirit, which it's free, He's called us. Isn't that wonderful? Anyway, so I have just one more thing I want to read to you in closing. I also looked for the last verse. And it says in Revelation 22, 17, and the spirit, spirit and the bride say, come. And let him who hears say, come. And let him th who thirsts come. Whoever desires, let him take of the water of life freely. Amen. Beginning verse, he reigns over chaos. And redemption has been accomplished. It's done. The spirit and the bride are doing the same thing. They say together, come. Let's drink of the water freely. We could rock the world, just saying. Doesn't matter how small. So I just pray right now in the name of Jesus. You don't have to shut your eyes and stuff. You can if you want to. I don't care, but whatever you want to do. But I pray in the name of Jesus that there will be revelation 
of the Spirit of God working in you, in unique giftings, in whatever it is that he has. I pray for the revelation of your deadness and your life to God. I just speak over you in the name of Jesus to wake up to the truth. I'm dead, but I'm living forever. Already done. Yay! It is finished. Yahoo! So I bless you with that understanding in the name of Jesus. Put your hands up and like take it. Like um, I don't know how to do it. It feels like we just need like to act something saying, yes. Get me, God. Change my brain. Help my brain to think new. Make me a powerhouse wherever I go because you're in me wanting to do something terrific. And don't let me get thrown by the darkness or the chaos because I am coming along with the spirit and bride to say, yeah, let there be light. Let something happen in the places around me that show the miraculous, wonderful, powerful, glorious, loving, fabulous, incredible works of God. In the name of Jesus, amen.